Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, that's the way tire buying should be. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. It works. It's ugly, but it works. Welcome in to the Doug Gottlieb Show. We got an outstanding show for you here on Fox Sports Radio. Three-time Super Bowl champion, Mark Stink. Schlereth will be my guest uh, upcoming in about 15 minutes. We'll ask him about the difference between Wentz and uh, Kirk Cousins and whether or not this means Kirk Cousins won't be the quarterback of the Redskins in years to come. Then seven-time All-Star and World Series champion, four-time Silver Slugger Award winner Matt Holliday will join us next hour in the show. We'll get his thoughts on the World Series, which opens up tonight on Fox. Plus, Steve Stacks will join us. In the 2 o'clock hour, he, of course, the World Series champion twice over with the L.A. Dodgers. So we got some baseball. We got some football. I got some basketball thoughts for you. Uh, My thoughts on Steph Curry not receiving a suspension that he probably deserved and why he deserves to not be suspended even though his, his actions deserve a suspension. Might be confusing. I'll explain it to you later on the hour. Bunch of things to get to, but let me start with this. It's ugly, but it works. Tanking works. Tanking works. If you don't believe me, I give you the 2017 Houston Astros. Do you remember 2013? The 2013 Astros were arguably the worst team in the history 
of the sport. Their overall payroll was $26 million. Now, look, you might think, well, we got to adjust. I'm not adjusting to inflation or everything. All of their players combined to make $26 million. And at the time, there were over, there were over 14 players making more money than all of the Astros on their major league roster combined. They were 51 and 111. Let me repeat that for a second. They were 51 and 111. And out of that came George Springer. Out of that came Alex Bregman. Out of that came Carlos Correa. Out of that came Lance McCullers. All first round picks. All because the Houston Astros were tanking. Now, in baseball, you can not only tank, but also make money. Remember, uh, luxury tax pays out everybody. Plus, there were soaring TV revenues, because even though they weren't drawing flies on their local network, still, you, you still make money on sub fees and on sponsorships. And they made an estimated $99 million in profit that year. So financially, it was a win. But more than anything, when you watch the Houston Astros, you understand why the dream is rightfully alive for the Philadelphia 76ers and why the Cleveland Browns and San Francisco 49ers are better off losing instead of winning games late. They just are. I mean, I don't think the Jaguars have been tanking for the last decade, but the big reason that the Jaguars are good this year is is not because suddenly Blake Bortles is good. It's they just have too many good players. You drafting the top five for a decade straight, and you're go, you're going your hit rate is going to uh, be even if it's fifty fifty. You're going to have five good players, five big time players. But when you watch the Astros, who are arguably the best team in the sport, and look, would they have gotten here had they not made the move for Justin Verlander? Probably not. By the way, Justin Verlander, I don't know if you know this was a product of the sec he was the second overall pick from the Detroit Tigers. Do you know how the Tigers got that pick? They tanked back in 2003. They were arguably the worst team of that decade. And the Tigers got Justin Verlander and the rest is in fact history. Now the, the Tigers also spent a ton of money to surround Justin Verlander with a bunch of players and that's how they had a bunch of success and got to a World Series. Yes, you got to be lucky and you got to evaluate well. That's how they got Jose Altuve, who was an undrafted free agent. Undrafted free agent. You want to talk about the greatest stories in the history of sport? We talk about Tony Romo all the time. Tony Romo was never an NFL MVP. Altuve is going to be the AL MVP. He was an undrafted free agent, and he is a member of the Lollipop Guild. That's a Wizard of Oz reference. I don't know how many of you got the Wizard of Oz reference. Ramos, you got the Wizard of Oz reference, didn't you? Of course. Of course you Oh, we on? Yeah, of course I did. When you watch the Astros, just remember tanking works. And it's ugly business, right? They get did, did you know that in 2013, their local ratings, remember national ratings for baseball have been down for the last bunch of years, right? So very, very provincial sport. The teams in your area you care about, you don't care about the national spectrum. But locally, these teams make a ton of money because their ratings are huge. Did you know that the Houston Astros got a Blutarski, a 0.0 locally, and yet they still made money? It's ugly. 
people talked about how can you how can you put a product out there where you spend twenty six million dollars? Nobody went to the games. Nobody watched the games. Nobody cared. And yet, all they it's ugly. You know what? Here's what it reminds me of: politics, politics. Um, Ramos, you remember what brought down John Kerry? John Kerry was a uh, presidential candidate, and he lost to President Bush, George. Uh, Herbert Walker Bush. Do you, do you remember what, what brought him down as a candidate? I want to say it had something to do with his service in the Vietnam War. Correct. Correct. He was supposedly in some sort of um, platoon, and he wasn't. Or okay, they, now listen. I don't he, remember exactly what. He won. Th- this is a decorated war hero. He won the Silver Star. He won the Bronze Star. He won three Purple Hearts. He won a combat action ribbon. Um... So here's somebody who actually served in Vietnam. And what happened was, like most war stories, I'm sure it didn't go down exactly the way the history books would lead you to believe, right? I mean, look, we're guys. We're guys. You hit a beautiful tee shot. I'm sure you didn't hit it 320 yards, even though you told your buddies, I hit it 320 yards. I'm sure when you went closest to the pin, you didn't tap in from two inches out. Right? When you caught a fish, it's not this big. It's more this big. Guys over-exaggerate. So I'm sure, I'm sure that the story of John Kerry, which won him three Purple Hearts, a Silver Star, a Bronze Star, Combat Action, I'm sure some of that was oversold. Right? Morale was terrible for the Vietnam War, and when you had a decorated war hero, you oversold the stories. So in the process of running for election, running for election for the president of the United States against somebody who had served only in the Texas Air National Guard, that's our former president, so who hadn't actually served in actual combat, they launched the Swift Boat campaign. The Swift Boat campaign basically said like, hey, all that stuff you heard about John Kerry, not true. Now, we don't know exactly what went down. But the idea was that you're planting seeds of doubt. It's ugly, negative politics. Here we are shooting down a war hero who, by the way, came back and protested the war because he didn't feel good about what he was being told to do. And you know what? It worked. It's no different than uh, this last national election. Do you remember at the Democratic National Convention... I believe it was the first lady of the United States who uh, who said, uh, Michelle Obama, who said, when, when they go low, we go high. In other words, when they go negative politics, we go positive. How'd that work out? Negative politics are ugly. Ugly. You find one thing about somebody that may be 20 years in the past, something they may have personally rehabilitated from, something they likely apologize 10 times over for, and you blow it up into something that says, this is who the person is. Hey, man, if you pick the worst moment of any of our lives, I think all of us would look bad. Last time I checked, there are no perfect people. But it works. you damn right it works. And tanking is the exact same way. The Philadelphia 76ers have been the laughing stock, the absolute laughing stock of the NBA for the past three or four years. 
But you watch him with Ben Simmons. You watch him with Joel Embiid. And you have to have a little bit of luck. Like, they're actually lucky that Embiid was hurt as much as he was hurt. Because they probably wouldn't have gotten Simmons. And Simmons was hurt. So it allowed him a year, like a redshirt year last year. And that's why he's better off. But you know what? Tanking works. Well, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to go to the playoffs this year. They don't have a very good quarterback. They don't have some profound offensive philosophy or whatever. They just got good enough players that they've accumulated over a decade of ineptitude. And the Niners are trying to do the same. The Browns are trying to do the same. The Browns just keep missing on quarterbacks, but they're trying to do the same. They're gutting it, and they're starting from scratch, and they're loading up on draft picks, and they're starting young. And they're going to lose, and eventually they're going to win. How do I know they're going to win? Look, I don't know it's absolutely going to work. It didn't work for the Celtics, who tanked and didn't get Tim Duncan. Instead, uh, got uh, Antoine Walker and Walter McCarty back when Rick Pitino was their coach. But there is hope that tanking absolutely works. And if you don't believe me, I give you tonight's Houston Astros, who just four years ago won 111 games, had $26 million of overall payroll, got a 0.0 on their local ratings, and out of that gave them George Springer, Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa, Lance McCullers. And oh, yeah, by the way, Dallas Keiko was a seventh-round pick. All of those came from the fact that they tanked. Tanking works. Don't believe me? I give you the Houston Astros tonight. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Here's the question I just got via text from my wife. And I think there's only one answer to this, but maybe we'll ask Stink, Mark Slayer, three-time Super Bowl champion, whose son played in the bigs. Stink, um, my wife just asked me, should my son bring his glove? What's the proper answer? Yeah, your son's young, right? Yeah, he's eight. Of course he should bring his glove. Always, right? Yeah, of course he should bring his glove. Now, if you bring your glove, yeah. it's a different story. Why? Right? But Why? It's just... what, what if what if I'm in a I and I'm in I'm in the loge section, which we'll get some foul balls. Right. But it's not like I'm in in those uh, kind of those, those that stinger area, right, where they come off sharp off your glove, and you got it. You got to have heads up. Uh, if, uh, do you think less of me if I bring my glove? Uh, no, well, yeah, that's a just, yes. I think anytime an adult brings in a glove, you just look a little goofy. But I, you know, I there are certain areas of baseball, you know, in baseball where you're sitting, where you got to be, you got to be uh, on top of things. You know, you got to be sharp. You got to be paying attention. But yeah, I love the kids that bring the glove. You know, I love that. All right, good enough. If you say it's okay, then it's okay. I am not bringing my glove. Yeah. Although I, I definitely actually stopped, paused, and thought about it. Mark Schlereth joining us. Um, last night, the Philadelphia Eagles, the, the defensive front looks really impressive, and Carson Wentz looked really impressive. Let, let's start with Cousins, though. There are many that believe we're seeing, because he hasn't performed well in prime time, we're seeing the ceiling of Kirk Cousins. Is that a fair assessment? I No, I don't think it's a fair assessment. I mean, I think you look at you look at just this year alone. I mean, how many they they, they – basically ousted all his wide receivers you know they took the weapons away from him I, I've always I've always been a Kirk Cousins fan I think Kirk Cousins is an outstanding quarterback and you know is he one of the upper echelon guys is he is he a guy that you know might you know might crack into that kind of elite category come on there's three or four of those guys in the league at any time anyhow so um, is he good enough to to win a lot of games? Is he good enough to make a Super Bowl run if you put a good team around him? I I, I believe so. And 
you know, I think it's one of those situations, Dougie, you look at you look at the, the situation or you look at the, the quarterbacking that we have in this league, there's only a few guys that can elevate a team regardless of circumstance. You know, there's only a few guys like a Rodgers or a Breeze or, or a Brady that can sling a team on their back and throw it 55 times if need be and still find a way to win. There's a handful. There's four or five of those guys in the league at any given time. And then, you know, you hope you have that next tier of quarterbacks that if you build around them and you give them enough, uh, enough you know, defense and enough of a running game and, and enough good players around them that you can be very competitive, competitive and, and have a chance to win and, and win a championship. Is Carson Wentz one of those guys? Carson Wentz is big time, man. I, I, I just, I've been so impressed with not only watching him, but being around him, calling a game, and it's more, you know, it's it's above the next stuff that he does. You know, it's athleticism, it's size, it's the above the next stuff, it's the leadership stuff, it's the entire package that is Carson Wentz that, that sets him apart. The way the guys play for him, the way they respect him, all those things are, are very apparent. Um, exceptionally gifted athletically, throwing the ball, and, um, and and running around and extending plays. It's, you know, why he's the number one quarterback, I think, in the league, third down-wise, because he's got all those he's got all those tangible skill sets, but he's got the intangible stuff. Uh, the, the leadership stuff off the field, the way he rallies the guys around him, um, that stuff is off the chain. You, ask, you talk to any of their coaches, and they'll just tell you uh, the guys love playing with him, and, and he's a pretty special – you know, special guy. You can tell a lot about people. Uh, there are some people that enter a room and energize the room when they enter it, and there are some people that leave a room and energize the room when they leave it. He enters the room, and it energizes the room, and that's the kind of people you want to be around. Okay, so th- the question becomes, they have the best record in the NFL. How confident are you that they're actually the best team in the NFL? Uh, I'm pretty confident that they are. They are. I mean, I, I wouldn't have any issues putting them right now as we sit as the best team in the league. I'm worried about Jason Peters. Uh, Jason Peters being hurt and out for the rest of the year. Um, they had the two best bookend offensive tackles in football. I don't know if they're going to try to uh, take Lane Johnson and move him over to left tackle or not. But um, but that scares me a little bit because they are so gifted at the tackle position. But still, with that said, they dominate the line of scrimmage. Carson Wentz extends plays and does his thing. Defensively, they, didn't even, they haven't even been healthy defensively, and they've been pretty good. Uh, Fletcher Cox is dominating the line of scrimmage. Uh, they're, a really, they're a really a football team. I wouldn't have any hesitation at all saying they're the best team in football. Um, there's a few teams that are chasing them. The Patriots seem to be getting their stuff together, too. As well, but I wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me to say that they're the number one team in football right now. Oh, I need some help with something. Explain to me the AFC East, right? Like I came in with the idea that Buffalo was playing for the draft and to redo things. I came in with the idea that the Jets were almost tanking, and the question would be, would they tank with this co- current coaching staff or change coaching staffs? I came in with the idea that the Dolphins were pretty good, but man, once they lost their quarterback, that that set them back. And now I'm looking and. I, I don't know if they're not I don't feel like any of those teams are great, but they're all a lot better and a lot more competitive than I thought. And the Bills are sitting there at four and two with some good wins. How did we all miss on the AFC East? Well, I think there's a couple of things. I think that it just goes to show you how bad the rest of the league is. Um, 
And and I just think that at this point in time, it's not real competitive. I think if you come out and you're sharp early in the league, you can steal a couple of wins when teams haven't, when teams just aren't ready to play yet. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think that they finally put an offense in Buffalo together that really accentuates the skill set of Tyrod Taylor. Um, you know, a lot of zone wide handoff, zone right, zone left, boot keep stuff, get him outside the pocket, um, and not so much to run, but get him outside the pocket to throw it and create, you know, a half a dozen to a dozen really easy reads and easy completions. I've always thought that he was a great deep ball thrower from the pocket. But I thought, you know, his size limited him in the pocket at times. And I always felt like the guy's smart, the guy's athletic, use his athleticism, not so much to run so that he can get hurt, but use his athleticism to, to give him easier reads just simply from a, a height disadvantage standpoint. Rick Dennison, the new offense coordinator there, has brought in Gary Kubiak's system. They were together in Baltimore when Tyrod Taylor was in Baltimore. It's just been a really good marriage and a really good fit for the Buffalo Bills. So I think that's one of the reasons that they've excelled there in Buffalo so well here early in the season. Uh, three-time Super Bowl champion, Fox NFL analyst, Mark Slarich, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, okay, let's go to the AFC West, which the Chargers, who couldn't finish games early in the year, are finishing them now. Uh, Raiders up and down all over the map. Chiefs were the last undefeated team. Now they've lost two in a row. And then you have the Broncos, a team you cover on a daily basis on your radio show. They just they have no offense, and it allows such a slight margin for error that when special teams gives up a touchdown, as it did Sunday, or defense eventually lets down. G- give me your take on the NFC, AFC West, to which I cannot figure out how many playoff teams are going to have and if any of these teams are actually any good. Yeah, I mean, I think they're all fatally flawed. I think San Diego is finally, you know, I mean, they finally have played, you know, pretty well here of of recent. They're they're running the ball better. Uh, Gordon seems to be getting stronger. You know, he had that offseason knee surgery, a microfracture. He didn't have his strength. He didn't have any recoverability. So so you know, and and just just pure like kind of juice. He just didn't have any of that going early in the season. I think he's gotten a little bit better. I think they've developed in their passing game. They're really starting to to try to push the ball more to Hunter Henry. Um, Antonio Gates is, you know, Antonio Gates is a Hall of Famer, but he just can get zero separation anymore. So they've kind of morphed into a little bit something uh, different uh, offensively. Defensively, um, they really struggled tackling, just tackling early in the season. But their two defensive ends are but they're awesome. awesome. The Raiders, That's the whole build of their team, right? They have two uh, right. Forget forget the stadium being three quarters full. Forget any of the other stuff. They have two of the elite defensive ends in in the game. There there is no question, and so they you know they they have found a way to kind of play to their strength. Uh, the Raiders, you know, as as long as as Derek Carr is is slinging it, the Raiders got a chance to be in every game. You know, those they're they're going to give up thirty. But, you know, if, if offensively, if they catch the football, if Amari Cooper catches the football and, and uh, Carr plays the way he played the other night against Kansas City, they got a chance to be in every single game. Um, yeah, Kansas City is, is unique offensively. They've got some weapons that are really hard to contend with. They have not all season. I talked about this when they were undefeated. They, they're two fatal flaws. They don't protect the quarterback very well. He just doesn't turn it over. But he does get hit and he does get sacked. 
and they don't defend the run at all. And uh, those two fatal flaws at times. Now that that didn't catch them. It was the the pass. It was the passing game of of Derek Carr that beat up the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night. But but still, they've got a couple of fatal flaws. And the Broncos, you know, for it's on multiple years now, um, they can't block anybody. And I keep hearing their coach talk about, hey, you know, we've got a formula here. Uh, we got to run the ball and we got to control that 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 running game so that we can have our play action passing game work out and. And then every time they lose, they let their quarterback throw it 46, 50 times, you know, 35, 40 times. It just is like you say one thing, but you panic into doing another. And that defense is good enough that a two-score game isn't really a two-score game when you, when you have Denver's defense. You know, but, but they still – I mean, every week I'm talking about the same thing. They panic. They talk about their formula, and then they don't adhere to their formula. And – and it's it's frustrating to watch it happen, but that's kind of where they are right now. So I'm with you. I thought three teams were going to come out of the AFC West, and I think uh, the, the way it currently stands, you'd be lucky to get two teams out of the AFC West. Uh, how much of the Atlanta Falcons' lack of offense do we blame uh, on the offensive coordinator? I think you got to put the majority of it on there. You've got right the same players. There's just no rhythm between play caller. And the guys who have to execute the plays, it just seems like they're. And remember, when when Shanahan took over the first year, there were a lot of people who were saying, "Hey, this isn't this offense isn't a fit for Matt Ryan. It just doesn't work." And then all of a sudden, they put up these historic type of run they went on, and they were great. And now they've got the same players, and they've tried to institute the same system. Um, and and Sark, Steve Sarkeesian, like adopted that language, and yet. There just is something that's not that's amiss. There's something that's not clicking. There's a lack of rhythmic nature, um, and maybe it's concepts. You're not stacking concepts on top of concepts, and you're not setting plays up very well. So it just feels to me like it's we're just calling plays for the sake of calling plays as opposed to calling this play right. on this particular second down because you know you're going to get a third down in your next series that you're going to get them on. And, and there seems to be none of that forward thinking to the play calling uh, between Sark and, and the execution of Matt Ryan and that offense. All right, that's the voice of Mark Schlereth, who you may have seen on First Things First. You'll hear him on the NFL on Fox and kind of to join us every week here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Stink, thanks so much for joining us. You got it, Doug. I'll talk to you uh, next week. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. There is a correlation between off-court, off-field behavior and on-court suspensions. Case in point, Steph Curry. Some of the sports world, like my brethren here at Fox Sports, Nick Wright, Colin Cowherd, are almost appalled at the fact that Steph wasn't suspended for throwing his mouthpiece in the direction of an official a couple of nights ago, instead was fined $50,000. Now, I thought, I thought that he would be suspended. I did. And I, I just thought the idea um, uh, of suspending him was like, look, man, you do it twice. You throw a hissy fit in that way. I don't know. And Steph Curry to, to, Actually said, I was kind. He was kind of surprised that it was even fifty thousand dollars. So for for us, we're like, I kind of thought he'd be suspended. Instead, it was 
he was he was fined fifty thousand dollars. But Steph clearly threw the mouthpiece in the direction of official, and it was because they felt like they were getting the bad end of the officiating in Memphis the other night in a loss. And so the, I've I've heard all kinds of well, you know, if it was Boogie Cousins, look, if it was Boogie Cousins and they and he threw his mouthpiece, sure there would be some confirmation bias in it. We think Boogie Cousins is a bad guy, so when Boogie Cousins does bad guy stuff, we punish him for being a bad guy. But a lot of it is you've established a reputation on a daily basis, and when you get punished, you don't necessarily get punished for the act. You get punished for the whole thing, right? You get punished for everything, yet they simply kind of capone you for something as nominal as throwing your mouthpiece. And my point of Steph Curry getting uh, the benefit of the doubt is, He's earned the benefit of the doubt. He's earned the benefit of the doubt. Like somebody who has carried himself with class and dignity off the basketball floor while achieving superstardom on the basketball floor deserves the benefit of the doubt. It doesn't have to do simply with being a star. It more has to do with being a star and purporting yourself the right way. If you think Steph Curry's the first star to throw a fit, after getting a call to not go their way, I'll give you Tim Duncan. I'll give you LeBron James. I'll give you Kobe Bryant. And the reason LeBron gets the benefit of the doubt, the reason Steph Curry gets the benefit of the doubt is because off the floor, there are no marks against them. So all you have to go by is that and a couple of times overreacting to calls on the floor. In other words... I agree. I understand. And it has nothing to do necessarily with likability. It has to do with the fact that uh, they have created equity, positive equity. And when you do something like as silly as overreact and throw your mouthpiece, you cash in some of that positive equity. That's what you do. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Sometimes the more beautiful a woman, the more they've been able to get away with the more personality quirks they might have. There's always kind of a reason, right? There's, it's the same in business or Colin Kaepernick, for example. There's a reason Colin Kaepernick hasn't been signed. If you want to say it's a protest, sure. But you also want to say, like, he's never really been a leader. He lost his job in San Francisco to begin with, even after leading them to a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game. Like, there's kind of always a reason. And you're waiting for that moment to pinpoint it. And maybe there's some confirmation bias. You see it, it reaffirms what you thought. I watched last night Kirk Cousins play against Carson Wentz, and I like Kirk Cousins. And I would, I would, I would counter people who say he's never played. He hasn't won on Monday Night Football, but he played well on Sunday Night Football earlier this year when they played against the, the um, Oakland Raiders, didn't he? But the, the important takeaway is if you've ever wondered – why haven't the Redskins signed him to a long-term deal? Why don't they just, just sign him? Just get it over with. Just do it. He threw for nearly 5,000 yards last year. Threw for 300 yards last night. Like statistically, Kirk Cousins, 30 for 40, 300 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. His quarterback rating was 110.7. His quarterback rating was spectacular. His quarterback rating was actually better than that of Carson Wentz. You know that? Carson Wentz only had a 93.8, only 17 of 25. Did have one more touchdown, four. 
Same number of interceptions. Eight carries, 63 yards, including that incredible Houdini. How'd he get out of that 21-yard run? You guys know the run I'm talking about. That's one that's going to go down NFL Films, hit Monday Night Football history, one of the craziest escapes I've ever seen. But if you watched, you thought, Carson Wentz, there's a franchise quarterback. Kirk Cousins, there's just a quarterback. The juxtaposition of watching one versus the other at the exact same time is pretty stark in comparison. We get it all the time in college basketball when you see a really good college basketball point guard. And he's playing against an NBA player. And you're like, oh, oh, that's why the that's why the NBA scouts like this guy. So there's a reason sometimes women are single. There's a reason sometimes guys are single. Like, I don't understand why his wife didn't like him more. Like, good provider, good hair, good smile, good teeth. What's the deal? And then, like, all of a sudden, you know, something doesn't go his way. He flips his lid, really bad temper. You're like, eh, or super bad breath. Or remember the movie Boomerang, right? Woman had really bad toes. Remember that one? Bad toes. Bad toes can be a, a game changer. Like, oh, she's up. Whoa, whoa, hammer time. Kirk Cousins is fine. He's fine. Fine. But, you know, when your wife tells you, how are you, honey? I'm fine. Is fine a good thing? Not really. Even though, by definition, fine is just that. Isn't that interesting? Like, the definition of fine um, can actually be excellent, first-rate, great, exceptional, outstanding, quality, superior, splendid, magnificent, exquisite. But the truth is, fine is not great, not terrible. It's fine. Fine. This radio show is quite fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. She fine. I'm fine. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. I have decided that we have a syndrome. You want to know what that syndrome is there, uh, Ramos? I do. I am waiting for it. Uh, it's called uh, FPTCS. <laughs> okay. FPTCS. Do you want to know what FPTCS is? I, I'm writing it's an, it down a, first. That's an acronym. That's an, that's an acronym. Yes. The acronym is first person to call it syndrome. That's what we. That's what it is. First person to call it. You want to be the first person to call it. Like, I called it. Look, little kids have this. My son plays uh, baseball, 8 to 10-year-old Mustang baseball in uh, Southern California. And pop fly is hit, and it could be on the complete other side of the field. And my son was, I got it! Right? So it starts at a very young age. A very, very young age. But the the, the basis of it is he wants to be the first. So I was like, hey, dude, look. If it's in your area, you're probably the guy who's most likely to catch it. But you got to make sure it's in your area first, then call it. Everybody's get out of the got to get out of the way. But he wants to be the first person to call it, not the best person to call it. Um, but we have the we have this problem all the time. You know, you have people that when Trump won, you're like I called that thing way back uh, six months ago. Like, yeah. But did you know that Hillary would get sick and that when she went campaign in Wisconsin 
and there would be low turnout in certain areas. And did you did you know about the the uh, was it extra? Was it extra? Was it a, what was it? Uh, what was what was the the Hollywood show that had the tape? Like you didn't know all that stuff? Like no, you didn't really. We even have this with Major League Baseball with the with the World Series. I'm I'm going to take the Astros in six. Like, you may be right, but just because you're the first person to call it, like, you have no idea of knowing how Kershaw is going to pitch tonight, how Keuchel is going to pitch tonight, how game two goes, who they go to in the pen. You know, ball goes fair, ball goes fair. There's so many different things, but we want to be the first person to call it. That's what we have. We're like, I want to be the first person to go like, I called it. Told you. Told you. And we want to do that with the MVP. Like, uh, the Greek freak may end up being an MVP. He may he's, has a chance to be an MVP candidate. He looks the part of a guy who he's still very, very young. Very young. Like, take a guess how, how old Giannis is. 25. Um, music, you going over or under 25? Oh, under. Take a guess how old uh, Giannis is. Is he 21? <laughs> um your buyer knows this answer. Yeah, yeah. I'll stay out of it. No, go buyer, oh, go ahead. He's twenty two. Yeah, he's twenty two years old. Right? Like twenty two years old. The whole question with him is his his shooting, right? In a league. And not just his shooting, but can they put shooting around him? But I mean, like, he checks a lot of boxes. He handles the ball playing like a point guard. Um he's scoring thirty seven points a game, eleven rebounds a game, five assists a game. He's still not shooting the three well, but it doesn't matter because He's just so long, he gets an angle, gets a step on somebody who's by you, right? Knows that he uses hands, his body, and whatever. So you might be right. He might be the MVP. Or it might be that, you know, he had a couple of really good games. Because uh, his first game, he only had 17. Maybe he's finding his rhythm. Or maybe he's just scoring a lot of points. We have this incessant need to be the first person. First person, I called it. Told you that was going to be in style. Told you that band was going to hit. Told you that movie was a hit. Told you that TV show was going to hit. Like, okay, congratulations. Here's your prize. Ben Simmons, same thing. Like, Ben Simmons was the number one overall pick two years ago. He was, I told people he's the he's the best one and done that I've seen. Better than Anthony Davis in terms of all of the different, basketball was really, really easy to Ben Simmons in college. Like, oh, he didn't make the NCAA tournament. Like, there's a lot of different things that went into it. Sometimes his attitude wasn't great, not a great leader, obviously not a great shooter, and sometimes had willful disdain for defense. He wasn't, it's not a cinch that he'll be a superstar, but the idea of him being a rookie of the year wasn't crazy last year and definitely isn't crazy considering he's not really a rookie this year. But um, F, first, P, person, T, two, C, call. We won't give it uh, a letter, although... We don't really need to give T, right? But anyway, F, P, T, C, S. We have collectively first person to call it syndrome. I called it, it's going to be a disaster. I called it, it's going to be a success. I called it, Ben Simmons is going to be the MVP. I call it, Carson Wentz, going to win a Super Bowl. Like, all right. Good. Like, or you could just say, like, hey, you know what, Carson Wentz? Looks really good right now. Looks like a stud. Looks like Philadelphia's found their quarterback of the now, of the future. I like him a lot. 
But we don't have that. We have to make these bombastic big statements, and we have to do it as soon as we see it immediately instead of like, hey, you know, the the key to being great is doing it a lot, doing it often, more often than not doing it. And we can't do that if we call it after just one game. So be very cautious of first first person to call it syndrome. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forest, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked. Game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco Cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked. Your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. 